Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's get into the Word, Amen. And uh, we have a lot to go through this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach your Word. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We have been studying the subject of increase. And we've been looking at uh, prosperity. The fact that God wants to prosper us. And there are things we need to do to be able to maximize or experience increase in our life. And the fact that some people have abused prosperity does not mean it is not the will of God. We all know people who have died on water or something. You know, the fact that people have passed on, maybe inside a swimming pool, doesn't mean we shouldn't swim anymore. It just means that we should learn how to swim properly. Am I right? Okay. Now, uh, our main text that we're building this month is Genesis chapter 24. Verse 1, and that's what we're building on this month very strongly with our healing classes on Wednesday and our prosperity classes on Sunday. What I'm teaching you right now is how to live long and live prosperous by obeying the Word of God. And if you will put this teaching to practice, they will change your life. Genesis 24 verse 1, let's get it now. Now Abraham was old, and that means that Abraham didn't die prematurely. Abraham was old, advanced in age, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Come on, somebody say, the Lord has blessed Abraham in how many ways? In every way. So what the Lord did for Abraham was total life prosperity. We are not believing for an aspect of our life to be blessed and an aspect not blessed. No, what we are believing as we see in the scripture is the totality of our life to be blessed with good health. So it's not a blessed life when you have all the money and then you have an incurable disease. It's God's will for us to live in health and to also experience increase. And we established that there are spiritual laws that govern increase. There are also laws on the earth that govern increase. And Christians have been strong on the spiritual laws of giving, tithing, and all of that. But most believers have not been strong on the natural laws that, that govern increase. And last Sunday we dealt with what? What did we talk about last Sunday? I can't hear you. What did we talk about last Sunday? Frugality. And we, we, were, we were big on waste. We dealt with the issue of waste. That a lot of people, if they would gather the fragments on their, in their lives, they would be able to walk in increase and prosperity. Praise God. And so it's important for us. Now, I'm not teaching you stinginess. Praise God. And, uh, and I want to beg you, when I, uh, it's important that you're not distracted when the word is being taught. Because sometimes some of the feedback we get from the messages... Uh, absolutely means that people are not listening to us. If you listen to me carefully, you would understand what I'm teaching. And when you listen to, uh, if you're listening to a teaching, don't have a preconceived notion. Don't try to say what I'm not saying. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, I said praise God. 
So it's important that you listen carefully and you're not distracted because God wants to... You see, the only way God can help you is by teaching you His Word. And the way God does it is through His gifts. Through the pastors and the, and the teachers He's put in the body of Christ. So because you can listen to a message on frugality and move into stinginess. That's not what I'm teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, that's very important. So we talked about frugality. This morning we're talking about skills and prosperity. Skills and prosperity. And we want to read three uh, passages of the scripture and then we'll start to have this conversation. Go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're going to read the story of David. And I want you to understand this, right? If you follow the life of David, you will realize that David was not like a wanted child. He was not a child who was most wanted by his, his brothers or his family. Because if, a, if they were coming to ordain a king in your father's house, and a prophet came and wanted to anoint a king, and he says, where are all your children? Even the one you raised that they are not your children, you want to get them in the house. Because you want somebody close to you to be king. But amazingly, David was forgotten. It took the prophet of God to remind them if there was any child. Now, verse 16, chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send to you Jason the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 3, You shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you should do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. Verse 4, So Samuel did what the Lord said, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the city came trembling to meet him, and said, Do you come in peace? He said, In peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself, and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jason and his sons and invited them to sacrifice. Verse 6. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So Samuel could have missed it if God didn't help him. Because most times that's what, what, what we, we judge by the senses. We look by the senses. Except the Spirit of God helps us to discern we will not know. Now, he goes on to say, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as a man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now, most of us have used this theology to, to develop, uh, uh, this verse of scripture to develop a theology that says, What I wear do not matter, God is seeing my heart. You know, but the book of Proverbs specifically talks about the attire of a harlot. Now, the truth of the matter is that we must realize that man looks at the outward appearance. There's a way you will dress, and every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the streets will be whispering after you like a dog. But there's a way you will dress, and, I mean, they will be afraid to approach you in that sense. So, whether you like it or not, the way you dress is very important. It was the late Archbishop Benson Idahusa that said, dress the way you want to be addressed. Dress the way you want to be what? To be addressed. I remember when my younger brother, uh, who works with NTA now, went to do his IT in the bank. He used to keep one kind of funny hair like that. Not funny, maybe just high afro like that and the rest. 
And uh, you know, as a young man, when he got to the bank, the first thing they told him was to go and trim his hair down. And they gave him a suit and a shirt and a trouser. Say, this is how you dress in the bank. Are you following what I'm saying? Because an, the, the environment determines your dress pattern. So you cannot dress like a slave when your mind is to be a king. When Joseph was called before Pharaoh, even though he was in prison, what did he do? The Bible says he quickly shaved himself before he appeared before Pharaoh. Because if he had provided that wisdom to Pharaoh still looking like a prisoner, they would have sent him back to the prison and taken his wisdom. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, these days, um, you know, sometimes we must, uh, let me stay here a little bit. Sometimes we must think through our sense of fashion. We must think through it. You know, and, and unfortunately, sometimes even older people we look up to do not help matters. You'll see an adult man dressed and the jeans are torn from the knee here. All these places are torn, even torn to the point where some of your boxers is showing and you are fashionable, you have swag. Swag is not the absence of sense. God gave you a brain before fashion came. You have to think through things. Are you following what I'm saying? And the thing about fashion is simple. The thing about fashion is this. They make a celebrity dress in a certain way and he uses that to control the mind of everybody and that makes it fashionable. When Beckham went to... When Beckham went to... Was it, was it Japan or China? One of these Asian countries... And, and then he used to spot that is Esther. In less than one week, over one million people, young people, changed their hairstyle like that. Remember when the Gala's hairstyle started raining? You understand when Gala started raining? Even people who didn't have the shape of hair of Gala started bobbing Gala's hairstyle. You see, sometimes it is the absence of common sense. And what that means is that as a human being, you cannot just sit. And somebody somewhere dictates what is fashionable for you. You disregard the shape of your skull. You disregard, I mean, you are a lady who's got large hips. You disregard the large hips God has blessed you with. And you are wearing things and then you take two steps, then you pull down. You take two steps and you pull down. You take two steps and you pull down. Why are you, life is already complex. Why are you making life difficult for yourself? Alright? Or you wear something that if you don't have handkerchief, you cannot sit down. They say, sit down now, you are like this. They say, take coke now. I say, don't worry, I'm okay. You, you want to drink, but you cannot remove your hand. Why are, you, why, why, are you, why are you stressing yourself? The troubles you have in your life are already enough. Don't try to now add hiding things with the trouble you already have. At least wear shirt and be free, then you can think through. Can you say amen? Okay. But man looks at the outside. So you need to dress properly. You don't necessarily need to follow fashion, but you need to dress properly. You cannot dress like a slave when you're aimed as a king. Are you following what I'm saying? Because man will look at the outward appearance. Praise God. <laughs> I remember my, my, the guy who bobs her hair came. I mean, that my baba can dress out of this world. <laughs> Gideon is laughing. Gideon knows if the man can dress. They stopped him here. Said, I want to go and see pastor. They didn't allow him. So I had to call. I said, don't, don't worry. It's my if I, the vice person, they asked, how did he get your number? Because he, he, he had no... You know. So if you, you realize, for instance, if I didn't come out and say, oh, he's my baby, he will never be allowed. 
So some of you, it's not destiny pursuers that are pursuing your destiny. Your dressing has not allowed your progress. And it doesn't have to be expensive. Dress neat. Are you following what I'm saying? And check for some of these things. Praise God. Verse 8. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Let me just say this concerning dressing. You might have grown up where you, you, you really grew up without a sense of dressing in that sense. Some of us like that. You didn't have many clothes to choose from. Even till this day, when I want to dress in a way, I'm not the best of the person who dresses. But when I want to dress, and I'm not sure. I mean, there's a brother in church who I know is very good. I, I, sometimes I snap the thing and show him, can these two things match? Because in your mind, you can assume that it is good. You know, the fact that you assume that something is good does not mean it is good. Are you following what I'm saying? So, if you need help, ask for help. Don't just carry colors and just mix. <laughs> uh, and I used, to say, I used to say that we live in a funny generation. If a star just one day just decides to take out his undies and wear them on his head, if he can bear it for like two months, you will realize people will start doing it. Because that's how, how our brain is so conditioned that we just do things without thinking. Praise God. And that's what fashion is. Fashion is nothing than just somebody controlling the masses by an idea. And all you have to do is just to develop the idea. That's how the Malian group came up. Not wearing pants, not wearing belt and sagging trousers. And the whole generation now say we are Malians. <laughs> yeah, somebody somewhere will just decide one thing and everybody will follow. Even older men say we are the old version of Mali. And it is just the need for identity. That's why you must be secured in who you are in Christ. Glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel and the Lord had not chosen this one either. Verse 9. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Then Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen this. <laughs> you know, this old-fashioned thing is making me laugh. <laughs> I remember when we were in school. You know, normally, when you hold a face cap, what's like a face cap? You, a face cap is actually supposed to come like this, right? And then hip-hop artists started turning face cap backwards. What happened? Huh? What happened? And I was, some of you wear it like that. You wear face cap. You, you, you held the thing. When you went to, you say you want face cap. That's what face cap simply means a cap that covers the face. Is that not what you bought? Come on now. Then you now wore it. Is this your face? <laughs> no, it's simple now. Is this your face? No, you now wear the thing and turn it from your face to your neck. Because you wash Puff Daddy. You see, as they, so if you examine a lot of things you do, it's not taught true. It's just, and that's how powerful humans can be controlled. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have to think through things. You have to think through things. <laughs> Glory to God. A lot of things can just become popular because somebody did it. Something very simple as proposing to whoever you want to marry to. These are things that you just propose and everything, but now it must be on live on uh, Facebook. Go to the shopping mall. Close down the shopping mall. 
And then people are doing live broadcast. He said yes! He said yes! <laughs> okay, verse 11. And Samuel said, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he's standing the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes. How come David did not remember, um, Jesse did not remember that a child was there? So it was almost like David was a forgotten child. And the reason I'm saying this and I'm emphasizing this is it doesn't matter who forgets you. If you develop your skill, the world will look for you. Now let's go on. So he sent and brought him. Now he was rooted with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to... Rama, verse 14. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. Saul's servant then said to him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God is terrorizing you. Verse 16. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you, let them seek a man, look at this, who is what? A skillful player on the harp. Not just a player, but a skillful player on the harp. And it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you, that he shall play the harp with his hand, and you will be well. So Saul Saul said to his servants, Provide for me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesus, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. You know one of the things he said? He said, He is a skillful musician. Where did David develop his skill? At the backside of the desert. And listen carefully to me what I want to share with you this morning. Even though David was anointed, what took him to the palace was his skill. The development of our skill is the pathway to getting into working for kings. If you need a new level of material wealth and increase, you've got to work on your skill. You cannot remain at mediocrity level and expect promotion to the king's palace. They didn't just want any musician. They wanted what? A skillful musician to play for the king. Let me give you another story of a widow's son. 1 Kings chapter 7. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 7. Because we realize that most people say, Oh, my father died when I was this. My mother died when I was that. Yeah, those are all sad stories. But you can decide to rise up from that sad story and make something out of your life. Don't constantly put your life down to who died and who did not help you. Take responsibility for your life. You're now a child of God. You can decide to make something out of your life. Can I get a good amen? Amen. 1 Kings chapter 7 and verse 13. Now King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali. And his father was a man of Tyre, a walker in bronze. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and skill for doing any work in bronze. So he came to King Solomon and performed all his work. This was King Solomon who was trying to build. And what did he do? He went to another country to get a man who was killed in bronze. Does it mean that there were no skilled people around him? 
They were, but not as skillful as this man. Imagine the whole nation. They had to go and pick this man. What is the level of your skill? How skillful are you? If you increase your value by becoming more skillful, you will increase the resources that comes into your hand. Poverty does not hold a skillful man down, especially a man that the Lord had blessed. Even though David was blessed of the Lord, the Bible tells us that he was skillful. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. He was what? Skillful. Let's read Second Chronicles again. Chapter 2. Talking about skills. Because what a lot of believers want to do is spend all night in prayer. 40 days fasting. So that God will bring them before kings. When they come before kings, their work is shabby. Their work is zero. No skill. Mediocrity. You're a carpenter. They ask you to build something for someone. Nails everywhere. Things not properly sandpapered. Things are not straight. Because we live in a culture where people get jobs because they know someone, not because they, they are qualified for it. And if you grow up in that culture and you don't get to work at yourself, what you are going to discover is that you are now going to settle for mediocrity. Praise God. Come on, are you still here? If you are not careful. I remember one time we asked someone to do cake for us. One of the, it was someone's birthday and we asked for the cake to be done. And they brought the cake. The cake was cheaper. But we paid the price. You know sometimes, the price you refuse to pay financially, you pay by visiting the restroom constantly. You are paying the price. I was traveling one time. I think I was going out of the country. Maybe I was going to Kenya or something. And uh, I went to one saloon around Lagos then. They said, how much is... I said, how much is the aircon? They said, 1,000. I said, yeah! Can I cut my hair with 1,000? For what? How much is clipper? You know how you... You ask yourself all those questions when they give you price. And I looked for a cheap place. I saw this guy. You know this saloon. How much? Ah, the guy said 200. I said, okay. <laughs> My brother. <laughs> By the time this guy finished. <laughs> By the time he finished. You know how you just tell yourself that throughout this journey I don't want to see mirror. <laughs> By the time the guy finished. He dug gutters around my hairline. When the man applied spirit, you know when Paul said, whether in the body or out of the body, man, <laughs> that's the price of cheap article. No skill. No skill. We celebrate mediocrity in this country. Praise God. Come on, I said, praise God. Any job you are doing, you can get more skillful. I was, telling, I was telling my wife when I came back, I've never entered a barbie saloon like the saloon of the guy who cut my hair in um, Howard Simons in the U.S. Ah, man. You know how they cut your hair? You don't want to bait again. It's almost like you should leave it that way. The guy had, had ruler, had majoring tape. He <laughs> said, Jesus, like it's too much. Everything was straight. 
And I looked at their wall. He had diploma in Babylon. That means he spent two years learning how to babble. Several certificates. And he said, if the government comes and these certificates are not there, they can close down your shop. You know here, government does, all government wants from babas is to pay ticket money. That's just all. They teach them how to treat her and basic things. But here, once you stay in somebody's shop for six months, you're just looking at the person, they say, look at more, look at more. <laughs> you know, sometimes, one day I went to, <laughs> prayer can finish this message. One day I went to cut my hair and I saw one boy just looking. I have to ask him, what is this one looking that? He said he's learning. I said, my friend, you go and sit down. Making somebody feel uncomfortable. They turn you here, you'll be looking like this. They turn you here, you look like this. Will you not go to school? Is it my hair you want to use to practice? Say, look at more, look at pay attention. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Breathe spirit. <laughs> I almost said break out last. Okay. You know, after six months, I don't finish. No skill. Do you realize that people who are good at what they do, they don't go after customers. Customers come after them. Why are you poor? You are not skilled. Sell something for someone, the paper bag is torn. Zero skill about what you're doing. Praise God. No knowledge about your industry. You are busy complaining. The devil is not your problem. He has left you alone. The devil will not try a man who is unskillful. The man has already set himself on the path of destruction. What would the devil do with him? You are from Bonnie here. If you are not answering Brown, Jumbo, Holiday, or the family name, you know you will not get a job. That's why before anything, this is our land. It's our land. We are the Browns. We are the Browns. We are the Browns. All those ones is, is noise for lack of skill. You realize that people who are answering the same son name, who are more skillful, they are not dragging cover up with you where you are shouting, we are the brands, we are the brands, we are the brands. Then the, the one that makes you feel like you are enjoying, give somebody to be working for you. And they give you half of the salary. And you are just at home with Telemundo watching. In your mind, you are a big man. You don't realize that the fact that that person is doing the work constantly is becoming more skilled than you. One day, they will drop all of you. They will call him. They will just drop everybody. Say, I will call you people. We will get back to you. We will get back to you. You are gone. It's six years. And you think, you think companies don't have sense. They can be giving you exercise to do. After six months, go and take passports. You take passports. Say, no, take, take with... Which, uh, is it green background? You say, no, 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 no. Take the one with white background. They are just keeping you there. Because you are not... You, I'm sorry to say, you are not useful. All you are good at is carrying placard. We not go green. It's our land. Oh, yeah, money. Gas money. He bring it money. No skill. But when it is dry fasting, you are very skillful. All night prayer, you are skillful. But in your job, not skillful. Poverty will abound in your house if you don't work on your skill. Look at this story. Second Kings chapter seven, chapter two, sorry. Let's go to verse seven to fifteen. Verse one says Now Solomon decided to build a house for the Lord. 
and the royal palace for himself. So Solomon wanted to build the temple and the royal palace. Go to verse 3. Then Solomon sent word to Huram, the king of Ty. Go to verse 7. Now send me a skilled man <coughs> to walk in gold, silver, brass, iron, and in purple crimson, and violent fabrics. Who knows how to make engravings to walk with the skilled men whom I have in Judah and Jerusalem, whom David, my father, provided. Go to verse 11. Then Huram, king of Ty, answered in a later sent to Solomon, because the Lord loves his people. He has made you king over them. Then Huram continued, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has made heaven and earth, who has given King David a wise son, endowed with discretion and understanding, who will build a house for the Lord and a royal palace for himself. Look at verse 13. Now I'm sending Huram Abi, a skilled man, endowed with understanding. Verse 14, the son of a dynamite woman and a tyrant father who knows how to walk in gold, silver, bronze, iron, stone, and wood, and purple and all of that, and to execute any design which may be assigned to him, to walk with your skilled men and with those of my Lord David, your father. You know why I read the scripture? It means that Israel had skilled men, but this man was better than them. So they had to bring this man. He says, any design you give to this man, he will get it done. We live in a very emotional world. And I get the example of the, of the man uh, who, who, who supervises our building, who does all our building for us. Most times when it's not chance, we wait for him to come to get the job done. Certain times we even have to buy flight ticket for him to come and get the job done. So, is there anybody who cannot do the job for us here? I don't know. Remember one time, the guys left the church now, got angry that we didn't call him back for another job. Building. Gave him one place to do. Even me, that I have zero understanding of building. When I stood from afar, I saw that the, 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 the partition of the wall was bent. So, by the time they give you to build a few houses, we would think that the house is zigzag. That was not the original design. But yet, it's your church. So you must walk. And yet, when you don't give such people jobs, they get angry. That's how you have filled your business with your family people that they are crumbling now. They are not good. Uh, what will I do? Because we celebrate mediocrity here over emotions. Uh, emotions over skill. Are you following what I'm saying? That job you are doing, if they remove tribe, they remove that somebody knows you, they remove that you are a church member, will you get the job? Will you get the job? You wire a house. Even the chairs in the house is, is shocking people. They now have to call another electrician to repair what you are doing. Even you, when you look at the wiring after you are done, you are confused. You are not asking the person who gave you the job. Say, wait, where is this red wire? Pass. <laughs> so a shirt for someone. You are telling us, so a shirt for someone. We stand in front of the mirror. We are now wondering, are we the ones that are bent or is the shirt? Yet, you want more jobs. Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Are you skillful? Do you deserve what you are being paid? In the true sense, if you ask yourself. This salary I'm earning, do I truly deserve it? Am I as skillful as what I'm earning? 
Go and learn how to become more skillful. You will break the yoke of poverty by increasing your skill. You started out in a company as a cleaner. It's been 12 years. You are still a cleaner. What are you doing with your time? And I'm sorry to say, and I don't mean to hurt anyone, I say this from my own heart. This island can be very deceptive. Because you can stay here, they give you a cleaning job, and they are paying you hundreds of thousands. And in your mind, you think that you are a wealthy person. The truth of the matter is that they take many of us out here and put us in the real world, throw you in Lagos. Realize that what your skill will earn you in a competitive society is your transport money. That's the truth. That is the sincere truth. Think you go, you go and do cleaning anywhere that you are doing this thing and then they are paying you. Where? That's why most of you can't leave this island. Because once you live here, you are gone. There's no skill anywhere. There's no skill anywhere. You can't compete. The, the people who you look at and are very skillful, it's the same brain you have. You take somebody's measurements. By the time you finish bringing the shirt, it's not sizing the person. You are not asking the person, ah, you don't fat. <laughs> and it's just two weeks you took the measurement. Because you don't even know how to measure properly. What you measure and what you sew are two different things. No, you are not asking people embarrassing questions. One shirt, you will do seven amendments on it. Anything you are made, you are spread something else. Any, until now, say, just leave the shirt like that. Just, it's okay. The next month you are quarreling. Ah, I'm not seeing you again. How will you see me? Yet we want God to bless us. These are conversations we must begin. Ask yourself, don't you know a fellow believer who is not good at what they do? Yet they will harass you to give them jobs. They are not good. No skill. Most of us are employed out of emotions. Not out of qualification. Because we live in a society that has zero respect for qualifications. And because of that, we set our own standards low. One of the greatest things that have happened to this country is when people began to use teaching as a stopgap for jobs. People who had no passion teaching. Zero passion. So you just go in the class. If you put down, they will pay me month end. I don't care. Do you understand? If you lie, you put down. No, no passion for what they are doing. Zero passion. If a good teacher who knows his subject teaches you, you will understand it. Are you still here? There are people you want to teach your children. There are people you don't want to get close to your children. Because you know those ones are just there for the money. I'm just doing this job until something better comes. People's life is what you are doing until something better comes. You realize that the, the wrong foundation of teaching you are giving to them will impact the choices of those children in their future. If we think of teaching like that, we will not hand it over to... to you see, if I become... Well, I, I won't become because I don't have business with politics. But if I become president of this country, the first thing I will do, if you are not a qualified teacher, you can't step in the classroom. And you have to write... Teach, I will make teaching like medicine. You have to write exam every term for you to keep teaching that subject. That's why when you go to advanced society, teachers are well paid. 
No society that values skills pays politicians more than technocrats. No society. You see, our, our things are upside down. And if we are not careful, you will build your life upside down. If you go to developed countries, you discover that expertise and skills are paid more. Politicians earn less. You come here. Politicians are high. Experts are low. And because of that, you too, you have tuned your brain like that. So you are not developing yourself. But don't forget that things are changing. And things will change. And life is not always going to remain like this. When the opportunity comes, will you be qualified? If the king needs someone to play the harp, will they call you? Do you just play or you play well? Praise God. Now, what is skill? Skill is the ability to do an activity or job well, especially because you've practiced it. That's what a skill is. An ability to do an activity or job well because you've practiced it. Or the ability coming from one's knowledge, practice, and attitude to do something well. The, the, the issue about skill is that things need to be done well. I take my time to prepare my message. I take my time to study. I take my time to teach you the way I'm teaching you. I mean, on this, on this, on this topic, I have three pages of notes made. Take time to study. Take time to read. So I won't just come here and say, God will bless you in January. I say, in February, God is going to bless you. I say, March, the door will open. I say, April, two doors will open. In June, God is visiting you. You can just say, God will bless you this one year. Instead of wasting people's time. Lack of preparation. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible says that the man must rightly divide the word of truth. Must be skillful in the word of righteousness. I'd like you after the service to do an appraisal and ask yourself a very honest question. Am I, what is my skill worth in the market? If nobody knew me, told you to make cake, you loaded the thing with sugar. Say, put, put something there for the children. You put a scary creature that even the children who are supposed to cut the cake are crying. Because the, the cartoon you made is like a vampire. So the child holds the knife and is crying. They say, he's afraid of picture. No, no. The man is afraid the cake is going to eat him. And you know, we have developed a society where people can't tell you the truth. Because they tell you, get angry. That your friends that are supposed to support you, they are, they are putting you down. So you say, ah, it's the cake. Say, it is well. You know, as a Christian, when you say it is well, it covers everything. So it's like, it's a Greek word. Go and interpret what it is. Then tomorrow, they want to call you for bed. Nobody will do that. Are you following what I'm saying? Sometimes Christians are the most mediocre people you can meet at the workplace. Drinking anointing oil, praying day in, day out. Do the work. Do work. Zero. They'll be carrying people's picture up and down. This is my manager. The man is very wicked. You pray for him. We behave like herbalists. Look at this. Genesis 25-27. The Bible says, Esau became a skillful hunter. 
So people become skillful. Nobody was born with skill. People become skillful. Esau became what? A skillful hunter. Look at this. When the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. What skill are you, what are you becoming? How skillful are you becoming? If I compare your last year and this year, have you improved? What skill are you learning? Some of you have parents who cannot pay your way to the university. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but the truth of the matter is that the fact that you even go to the university nowadays does not mean you make anything out of your life. That's the truth. We have many graduates in the streets. Because most people assume that just by sitting in a class, they will be, become prosperous. After four years, they realize no job. Why don't you take the time, choose a skill, and become perfect in it? Why don't you? Over the period of these holidays, is it holiday that we're in now? I don't even know. <laughs> this period, my son's school is not learning as much as they should. I taught my son, got me almost, learn how to do graphics. And he's learning that. I learned something from my dad. You see, the fact, you see, we, we must, I, I just pray I can finish this. Listen, the fact that you have money, right? Let, don't, don't, or whether you have money or you don't have money, don't look at certain jobs in life and say, these jobs are too low for me. We have a mindset. When, we, when, when, when my younger brother finished, school, uh, finished secondary school, while he was waiting for the university, my daddy told him to go and learn how to repair computers. That's where I got it from. And it's my dad's policy. Regardless of the university you learn, regardless of the university you go to, whatever you learn, you have to learn a skill. I was the only one who didn't, didn't learn a skill. Where I learned a skill, I, I was preaching. So by the time I left the university, I was already going to the university. I know that I was already preaching in youth meetings. So it was clear that it was me and Bible. So there was no other skill to learn than this one. So they just left. But my younger brother learned how to repair the computers. Let me tell you this. When he finished school, he got uh, this service job with MTN, these service stations. Not the main MTN, some of these service centers where you can sell cards and everything. Now, when, the, when they're trying to sell cards and all that, some little problems will come from the computer. He was young. I mean, way young as at that time. Some little problems will come from the computer. He would sort it out because he had learned how to repair computer manually. Okay? Now, after about four months, they made him the supervisor. Because he could solve the problems. He was now the supervisor of even people who were a bit older than him. Because all those people knew is just to sell card. How much card do you want to buy? If the computer is freezing, they have no clue. They will go and be calling the ogre. Until tomorrow, that has helped him. The things he's doing today, he's working in NT as a production, as one of the production people and TV people, whatever he's doing there. The thing he's doing today was not what he read in school. Some of his friends started doing camera stuff. He started going with them and learning and doing graphics and everything. That's how he went to study. Omos is here. Who handles our TV? I mean, Tango, I can use him as an example. He didn't have parents who could pay his way through school. No, his parents couldn't pay his way through school. When he came to church, there was something my dad used to do in church called um, Talent Day or something for just the young people in church. And so my dad, he got the picture of my dad's house that he wanted to build and he made it with cardboard paper very well. It was so beautiful that particular year. Daddy saw it. We loved it. And we said, man, you have to just go to school. That's how the church gave him scholarship. 
And then he learned graphics. And then he learned all these. I, I don't even know what he read in school. Sir. But today, even me to call him to do one design. Uh, everybody knows of Moss. I'm also pick food. It's not that he is proud. The man's head is full. Clients are after him. All over. If, if your parents don't have money, don't you have sense? Tell you. See, there's nobody in this, job, in this life that would genuinely say, Sir, I want to learn this trade and make something out of my life. And you will not find support. Most times, even in church, we are, you're going to take the first service message and the second service message. So, whatever, wherever I stop. But I, I feel I need to say all these things so you understand it. Most times when we send, and I'm using, I'm using examples because I don't want you to, I don't want this message to just be theory to you. You can ask Tony or some of the guys that we send to go and look for where they would learn job of people. You know what most people used to tell us? Even as a church. Say, you sure say this boy won't really learn this work. Because the challenge is that we have even heard people we paid for to go and learn something. They say, now church pay. You know, people, people now even feel that most people go to learn those jobs because they are forced. I don't know if you, if you understand what I'm saying. It's like, it's you people that say I should learn a mechanic. Why am I saying all of this? No job is too small. If you get skillful in that job, you can prosper. Are you following what I'm saying? I heard Osha is here, John. All John does is painting. Painting, 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 painting. Sometimes, people will call him. Far away, go and paint. Go to this. If he's not around, he's somewhere painting somebody's house. Two weeks, three weeks. That's all he does. Painting. His English might not be perfect. But he's not begging. You can't be speaking Queen's English and be asking for airtime. Hello, can, I, can, can, you, can you just recharge my phone here a little bit? Just 1,000 recharge is okay? <laughs> With that kind of English, should be any more. If you are too proud to learn anything, you are too proud to be prosperous. And this is the time we must not be ashamed of the skill we have. Are you following what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you following what I'm saying? So, Esau was called what? A, skin, a skillful hunter. Come on, say skillful hunter. He was not just a hunter. He was what? A skillful hunter. Go to Exodus 35, 35. The Bible talks about these men. He has filled them with skill to perform every work of an engraver. The power of skill. You can write that down. Exodus 35, 35. If you read Exodus 36, verse 1 to 2, <laughs> and this is amazing, even when God wanted to build the tabernacle, He did not just give it to men who were zealous. He didn't just give it to men who were dedicated. He gave it to men who were what? Skillful. Exodus 36, verse 1 to 2. One of the things I want you to do after now is to go and set a target for yourself on the way you are going to improve your skill. Now, Bezalel and Ohalab, and every skillful person in whom the Lord has put skill and understanding to know how to perform all the work in the construction of the sanctuary shall perform in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. Verse 2, Then Moses called Bezalel and Oheliab, and every skillful person in whom the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to the work to perform it. When God wanted to build the tabernacle, He got skillful people. 
You have to go and work on your skill. There's a level of prosperity you cannot get into if you don't become more skillful than you are right now. There are people who earn hundreds of thousands in one hour just getting something done. And you can spend one year and you never earn that. Even in the ministry. Hey, you, you, sometimes you find pastors who beg for invitation. I have a word for your church. Can I come and preach? I need you to organize program. I never, never beg for invitations. All the places I preached, and through the grace of God, it's people wanting me to come. You have to be skillful. Even in building the house of God, we can't take mediocrity. It's not that, oh, just manage it, it's church. That statement irritates me. The depth of my soul. Why would you do excellent things elsewhere and come to the house of God and just throw trash there because it's, it's church? There are things people have done for us in this church we've had to call people to redo because we're soon excellent enough. And if you walk into this ministry, you know that excellence is priority to us all the time. That's why, I mean, I love my head, Osha Tony. The way he arranges the chair, you will know that he's excellent. All the chairs are straight. He will measure them. You see, he will stand. He will look at them. Excellent, skillful. That's what I can't do without the man. If we allow you to arrange some of, some of you to arrange these chairs, it will seem as if we're having group discussion. Hey, us just leave it. Just, just, hey, we can just manage it. That is a statement of mediocrity. Why would you manage something you can do better? Do you realize if they manage certain things for airplanes, 300 people can die at once? Excellence. Whatever job you're doing, be skillful in it. Get your best into it. Praise God. Come on, are you still here? Exodus 38, 23. When they are looking for the most skillful people in this island, they should come to the church for recommendation. Sometimes when they ask us to recommend, we are scared. Because we have seen how you handled some jobs. We have to manage it. Wire house, everywhere is choking. Once rain for people are standing on plastic. Don't know where to put leg. <laughs> Glory to God. No skill. Come on now. Exodus 38, 23. With, with him was Oholiab, the son of Ahishamach, and of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and a skillful workman, and a weaver in blue and in purple and in scarlet material and fine learning. Good man. There's a, there's a young man who comes here sometimes to, to, to sow shirts. I mean, sows for some of the guys in, in the company there. Sometimes by the time the young man is leaving this island, who has gotten work worth 300,000, 400,000. Sow two shirts for me like that. When you see straight, neat, within, excellent. And yet, the people here who are looking for shirts to sew, they give you a material. By the time it comes back, some people don't even know that materials have where should face down and up. By the time they know, they are torn, there's somebody's head in the material. But they are torn the person upside down. We, 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 70 years birthday, papa, papa is looking up. Common sense will not tell you that if somebody's head is in the material, the head should face straight. Now, you are wishing Papa 70 years. Even the old man sees himself in that picture and it's like people are wishing him dead. Zero excellence. 
So shared for someone. Immediately they wear it. The zip is gone. Once the zip is gone. Because you like to use cheap things. To make more money. At the expense of destroying your name. When the scripture says. A good name is better than riches. Whatever you are doing for someone. Your name is on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Most times we broadcast, we used to broadcast our, 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 Sunday, our, our praise and worship. But the sound is not as excellent as we wanted. That's why we stopped it. Some people say, oh, we can manage it. I don't, I don't try that nonsense. Manage what? Do you know how far these messages can go? Even if it's not going far, we're doing it for God. We don't manage things for God. We give Him the best. He did not send, for God so loved the world, He sent one angel for us to manage. He sent His only Son. He gave us His best. He deserves our best. Come on, I said He gave us His best. He deserves our best. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why you see the culture of excellence in this church. That's what drives it. When I train my people, I tell them, let's aim for 100% perfection if we're doing something for God. Get skillful in that job. You can earn more. Let it make, look look at me, make yourself difficult to be sacked. When they are thinking of dropping people, be the first one to say, no, you know what, this guy, just leave him here first. Let's consider other people. Be that good. Come on, I said, be that good. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about a skillful orator or a skillful enchanter. Public speaking. There are people who earn hundreds of thousands in public speaking, just speaking for one hour. That's what they do for a living. But you can gossip for three hours. You gossip to the point where the money in your pocket, you even use it to buy coke in the midst of the gossip. At the end of the gossip, you have forgotten to say, I wear my transfer money and I could say buy cocoa. Oh. It's talk. You talk and talk and talk to the point you were hungry. You use your own money to buy food. I know when stories long like that, lies are in it. Everybody that have died on the island, you know them. You know what killed them. Because you walk in the mortuary. The time you will spend building yourself, those words you are wasting in gossip, those words can earn you money. You know what I used to say? I, I tell people, what is public speaking? Public speaking is just reading the books other people refuse to read and you come and tell them what is in the book and then they'll pay you. I did motivational speaking for some time. I mean, before I got into ministry like fully, so when I was in motivational speaking, I play session like 50,000, 40,000. Just speaking, reading, inspiring people, challenging people, motivating people. Get skillful. There is money waiting for you to be made if you get more skillful. And the thing I like about when you are skillful, you determine your own wages. You say, this is how much I'm worth. If you're going to school, be the best. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be the best student. You know, there are people in, in school that would have C. You know, in those days in class, there was this lady, I mean, lady beat all of us hands down. If she has a B, she would say they want her script to be marked again. Ah, la, la, ah, if they give us B. Mark with script. I leave it. <laughs> so that the man will not come out and say, ah, he see you have. That's boldness. She knows what she wrote. 
For some of us, we wrote some with our knowledge, we wrote some with tongues, we get some answers. So, you can't mark it twice. Anything you give us that is good, just leave it like that. That's not confidence. And you know what? Generally, we hate people who are skillful. We feel that they know too much. Ah, it's only you. It's only you. That's a culture that celebrates mediocrity. We want everybody to be dull so that we will all be alike. So you see that naturally intelligent people are hated. Yeah, I know. You know it's true because you hated the intelligent boy in your class. What's the answer? Ask questions. We have understood. Don't ask questions. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a culture that celebrates mass failure. Glory to God. Come on, I said glory to God. Look at this. Second Chronicles 34, 12. Second Chronicles 34, 12. Glory to God. He <laughs> talked about those who were skillful with musical instruments. The men, and the, the men did the work faithfully with four men over them to supervise them. Look at this line. All who were skillful with musical instruments. So even in terms of the Levites, spirit and truth, listen to this, they had to be skillful. Go to Second Chronicles 34 verse 12. Sorry, uh, yeah. Second Chronicles 34, 12. Okay, that's what we read. Who were skillful with what? With musical instruments. Now, in Judges chapter 20, verse 16, this is very interesting. Judges chapter 20, verse 16. The Bible says, Out of all these people were 700 choice men who were left-handed. Each one could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. You know, most times when we hear the story of David... In the scripture, what comes to our mind? You know, David was just going. He picked five stones and he just threw it at Goliath. And you know, <laughs> you hear preachers, very funny. Say, ah, God was guiding the stone, guiding the stone, guiding the stone. And there was one small hole here. And God just guided the stone there and God just killed Goliath. It looks interesting. But the truth of the matter is that they were a particular tribe that were good at using slings. It says, when they mark your hair, they will not miss. I believe that David had learned this. So, once your skill is perfect, God can use that to prosper you. It's the works of your hands God will bless. We rather spend days and nights in religiosity than developing our skills. Look at this. When they sling a stone, they will not miss. Skillfulness. Skillfulness. Daniel chapter 1 verse 17. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. So Daniel got skill. Daniel was given skills. Just write the scripture down because I want to try and see how I can rush and finish this. First Corinthians 5.18. The Bible talked about 440 uh, 44,760 men who were skillful in battle. Who were skillful in battle. First Chronicles 5.18 If you go to First Chronicles 15.22 The Bible talks about Shenaniah, chief of the Levites, who was in charge of the singing. He gave instruction in music because he was skillful. You can put that up. First Chronicles 15.22 He gave instruction in music because he was not just made the choir director because he has been in church the longest. He was skillful. When we sing, we should do it with skill. Let's be the best in what we do. 
I'm showing you all through scriptures how many times people referred to, uh, how many times skill was referred to when people were chosen to do things. Psalm 33 verse 3 says, Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Talking about David, Psalm 78 verse 73. It says, So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them with his skillful hands. So the leadership of David was done skillfully. Come on, are you still here? Say amen if you're here. If they are to drop or employ people today, would you be employed based on emotions, cultural factors, or based on your skill? Would you be employed because you're skillful? Let's look at this. World English Bible, Psalm 22, uh, Proverbs 22, 29. Observe, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve kings. He will not serve obscure men. King James Bible says, do you see a man diligent in his business? He will stand before kings and not obscure men. What's the difference between kings and obscure men? Kings can pay you well. Kings can pay you with large resources. Obscure men don't have the, the resources to pay you. The more you develop your skill, just as David went from the backside of the desert to the palace, so God will begin to take you. I mean, you know, I mean, God has blessed, blessed my life and I'm so grateful to God for it. But sometimes I get into some places when I go and preach and I look at some of the places they put me and some of the hospitality they give to me and some of the ways I'm treated. I'm like, God, how did I get here? How did I get here? Praise God. <laughs> Are you here still here? I mean, sometimes, I mean, I've gone to preach in the place that they put me in the hotel. No clue where to on the lights. No switch on the wall. That was the first time I stayed in a hotel when you touch the light, it comes on. You touch it again, it comes on. You touch it the third time, it comes brighter. You touch it the last time, it goes off. First time, the village boy was in darkness. Now remember Genesis. Darkness upon the face of the earth and God said, let it be light. How did I get there? I can't tell you sometimes the feedback we get from all over. Pastors. From other nations. We listen to this message. It's a blessing. We, we had, it's, if you're not skillful in what you do, the doors will not be open. How skillful are you? If you were God, would you open doors for yourself? To go and embarrass yourself. Oh, Father. Oh, open the door. Open. If you were God, would you not add extra keys? Zero skill. When they employ you to do a job in an office, why don't you improve yourself and be the best? Glory to God. Come and I say glory to God. The message translation says, observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take back a back seat to anyone. Daniel 6.4, quickly, then I'll give you 10 things to write down. Daniel 6.4, at this, the administrators and the satraps try to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. We know Daniel worked with government. He says, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him, number one, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. That's the NIV version. The NLT say, but they could not find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. 
The ESV say, but they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. This man worked in government and there was no error found in him. He wasn't corrupt. He was faithful. He was responsible. Can that be said about you? You know, when I was studying the scripture yesterday night, I told myself, this is my goal. My goal in life is that when I do whatever God is asking me to do, I should, no corruption should be found in me. No fault should be found in me. If people want to find a fault concerning my job, they shouldn't find it. Why? I'm going to get a work on myself. So when we read of Daniel, we just read of the favor that brought him before the king. But we don't read of all this part. That the man was so good at his job that they were looking for a way to sack him and they couldn't. I mean, I tell some of us, if they were looking for ways to sack us, they would not even have to look for ways to sack us. There are many ways in abundance. Even if they forgive, you say, just forgive them next week. Say, this is what they would say, say, don't worry, don't, don't worry now. Monday, 9 o'clock, you have made enough sackable mistakes. Because we don't appreciate skill. And some of us think that favor will cover a lack of skillfulness. That's why a lot of Christians are broke. Prayer warriors, but very broke. Zero skill. Sometimes, I mean, sorry to say this, sometimes we have people here who've got jobs. And it's, oh, brother, let's take one or two brothers in the church to join us. Take them to join the job. Realize that you have to do their job again. Because here we have a sense of entitlement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you know, here we can do everything. Can you paint? Yes, sir. Can you build ladder? Ah, yes, sir. Well, my father used to build ladder. Can you fix air conditioner? Yes, sir. <laughs> we got someone to fix our air condition. By the time the air condition came back, it was unfixable. It was better in in this poor state. It was cooler. That's <laughs> right. Are you believing what I'm saying? Because some people think that repair is spoil. When you say repair something, in, in their mind, it is spoil it. <laughs> Praise God. I remember one time, it was Kenneth that built that young man out. You know, when you have only one TV, then we just started out. You had only one TV that God blessed us with. I don't know what happened to the TV. We gave it to the man. Ah, I almost arrested him. In fact, I was driving to arrest him. God now asked me, what are you doing? I said, Lord, I want to arrest. <laughs> God said, forgive you. <laughs> you know, in your mind, you're like, God, <laughs> I have to call Kenneth. He took the TV to Portacot. Remember the ILG TV? The first question they ask is, who, who touched this TV? That's the, is that not the first thing they ask me? Kenneth is here. Who touched it? Because when the TV was spread, it was better than when a human being entered into it. Who, who is the person who touched this TV? Tomorrow, what will he say? Ah, the after his life. Even the devil will not want you to touch him. Because by the time you touch the devil, he won't be the devil anymore. So he's not bothering you. Skillfulness means if you cannot do something, be bold to say, sorry, I can't do that. 
Listen, your name, your name. I'm going to talk about that when I talk about relationships and prosperity. Your name, preserve it. When you put your name somewhere to do something, let people know, I did this thing. It will stand the test of time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Please bear with me a little. Look at this. I've been called to preach messages in something I said, sorry, I'm not teaching that topic. Why? Not, I'm not the best at it. I haven't studied it properly to communicate it. There are topics I don't teach. I don't have enough knowledge to communicate it. If not, you make a fool of yourself. People have asked me questions and I refer them to my dad. Go and ask my father. It does not reduce my anointing. Why? Because number one, there must be areas of skills you are skillful at. Not more than one or two. Don't be a mediocre average person in many things. Be an expert in few things. Because skillfulness requires a high degree of concentration. Clarity breeds mastery. What are you good at? If I name two things, what are you good at? Don't be a master of everything. You cannot. Focus on an area. And be the best in that area. Because clarity is what brings mastery. What can you do? I was invited three days ago to be part of a counseling group for an organization in the U.S. And it brought out many areas. They wanted people to cancel. I just told them, if, if it's on this, fine. If the others, I don't have it. It's not as if I don't know anything about those areas. At this stage of my life, I should be going for higher concentration. The older you get, the more you must become a specialist. You know, many people go and study medicine, right? Go and study medicine. But you discover that when you now... In medicine, the higher you get, you now specialize. This is brain surgeon, this is dentist, this is this, this is gynecologist. They will have a general idea. But you don't want a dentist to be the one delivering your wife. Expert. Expert. Number two, set aside part of your time to work on and improve your skill. Improving your skill will require time. Wasting time is reducing your capacity to be skillful. If you put one hour every day, there's a lot of 10,000 hours that you become a master of whatever you spend 10,000 hours doing. But if you, if, you, if you put one hour every day towards your skill, you become skillful. I tell people, even though you are a painter, study about paint. Read about paint. You know, study around your area. You are a teacher. Study about new learning methods. How can you teach? How can you become better? Be skillful at what you do. Number three, set aside part of your funds to improve your skill. Improving your skill will require money. You cannot live on free things alone and expect to become skillful. Spend money to learn. You know, most times when I travel, maybe I travel out of the country to go for a conference or so, people think that, oh, the church is sponsoring or something. No, I have, I set aside part of my money every year to attend an international conference for exposure. For exposure. I just go, sit down. You don't even need to put pastoral tag. Sometimes when I go to those conferences, I'm walking around, seeing how things are done. Remember the time I was in Tulsa, Kennedy Ministries. I was going around the Rema Bible Church. How are things done? Sometimes I'm taking pictures. Sometimes I'm sending to the head of our building team. This thing, how is it like? That's why when you come into this church, our excellence is high. Because we're measuring against global standards. Sometimes I just go. I don't even put pastor in my title. I sit down. I watch. I, I remember um, I was in Word of Faith, Bishop Kid Butler's church in Detroit. I, I, the way they took their offering, I snapped the offering bowl. I think I sent it to Wallace. Can we get something like this? It was just so nice. 
Learning. You want everything free. If your company does not train you, will you not train yourself? I this company supposed to send for somebody for training. They are used about training money to shop. And you cannot send somebody for training. Be there. When they are sacking, they will drop you. You don't need your company to pay for your certification. It's your life. Take a hold of it. Save. Somebody posted something on Facebook the other day and I put a comment. He was laughing. My first amplified Bible, I saved 800 naira to buy it. I can't forget. Small amplified. Um, almost red color. That was the type. There was no hardback there. Paperback. 800 naira. I saved that money for six months. I saved 50 naira. Save. When I bought that amplified Bible, man, it was as if I had one jackpot. Those were parts of developing my skill. There are things you cannot wait for people to buy for you. You are employed as a secretary, you are employed as a receptionist, you are employed as a security person. Study your job. Be skillful. Don't be at the mercy of people. They want to drop and say, Sana, consider me, sir. I have wife and children. Who does not have wife and children? Does wife and children mean you should be mediocre? Before you know, you're not going to be dragging your poor wife and children. Say, go and beg a girl. They want to drop me. Go and beg a girl. Then your, your wife will start kneeling from the road. Oh, sir, mercy, sir. Mercy, sir. Mercy, sir. Mercy, sir. We will not be able to buy Gary if you don't keep it. Why would your life be like that? You bring your whole family to just embarrass yourself because you will not learn your job. And yet you have time to play around. Do you realize, when, Lab, when Jacob was to go, Laban said, how much do you want? I will increase your wages. Laban said, no, I'm leaving. When you are skillful, you can place demands. You can place demands. Come on, are you still here? Number four, practice your skills daily. Practice your skills what? Daily. You must do something daily in the area of your skill or calling or purpose. If you practice daily when others are playing, they'll look for you when the time comes. That's one thing I've told myself. As the year is going further, I want to improve on becoming a better Bible teacher. I want to sit here and get invitations to preach anywhere in the world without having to look for where to preach. And I told myself, I mean, I'm trusting God for it. The next phase of my life and ministry is if I'm going anywhere to preach, if it's outside the country, the people are paying the ticket. I'm not paying my ticket to go anywhere to preach. It's value. It's value. It's value. If people need you, they'll pay for you to come. There are days when, I mean, any door that opens, we'll just enter. <laughs> we wanted to preach. But as you get better, as you get better, as the grace of God increases and improves in your life, kings will begin to call for you. Hallelujah. Number five, go about your job with diligence. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve kings. He will not stand before obscure men. What is diligence? Careful and persistent work or effort. No slothful or lazy man becomes skillful. Next week, I'm going to talk on hard work and prosperity. No, literally, even though we stay in the parsonage, literally, my wife has to say, it's okay, don't go to the office today, stay at home. Never been encouraged to work in my life. I still bait and resume work. Whether pandemic or no pandemic, I still come to the office and work. In getting this message ready, I mean, I prepared this message since Tuesday. The message was ready since Tuesday. Yesterday, I spent about one hour, 30 minutes going through the message. Came to the office at about 7, left at about 9.30. Diligence. 
diligence. I realize that what I'm teaching you, I cannot finish everything in my heart. I'm writing this message as a book. So this is a, a new book coming out because there's so much here that we need to pour. Can't teach it under one hour. Diligence. Some of us are too lazy to be skillful. Always snoring. Even if they put napkin inside your mouth, you snore it. Say, me man, sleep now. If you don't get money, you don't feel sleep. That's why you should not sleep. <laughs> Glory to God. Number six, let the best in your field become your benchmark, not your friends. Your friends will always praise you. We live in a generation that celebrates shallowness. Their global best practices and their local standards. Who is the best in your field? Who is the best painter you know? Who is the best author you know? Are you following what I'm saying? Who is the best math teacher you know? Let that be your aim. Don't set your... Your friends will always praise you. In this generation, we praise shallowness. I told people, regardless of what you post on Facebook, somebody will like it, even if it does not make sense. You know, sometimes I read some things, I will screenshot and send to my wife, what's this person saying? And you hear, wow, deep. Mm, wow, can I share? Are you sharing? What has the person said? If you come by that, you can be a master of foolishness. No insight. Because we're we a generation that celebrates shallowness. Even when it comes to theology, we don't investigate what we teach. Praise, praise the name of the Lord. Come on, I said praise the name of the Lord. Number seven. Skillfulness is not gender based. Deborah led Israel in battle. Judges 5 7. Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I rose a mother in Israel. This story always gets to my heart. As a woman, all your life is not just beauty, all your life is not just weak. My young, beautiful sisters, all your life is not just selfie. Any flower you see, you have gone to pose. Take me like this, take me like this, take me like this, take me like this. Like this. Some of you are even very funny. You want to take picture, you are looking at your shoe. <laughs> when we look at your phone, album, 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 anything, any car you see. At this stage, you are still holding doors of handles of cars to snap picture. We are take a take a quick, take a quick. Instagram, one thousand likes. Your life is more than that. Come on, I say your life is more than that. I mean, one of the things I'll tell my daughter as she grows up is this: You look, you have your own life. Put value in it. There's nothing wrong if you have your own car before you get married. Ah, if a man sees the car, men will run away. A man that sees a woman that has car and is running away, you know the kind of man too. Because we have developed a theology of after you are finished, just wait until one man will come and carry you. So we don't pour value into ourselves. Oh Lord, let me start right, come Father. Everything I'm making them not to see me. Let them see me. I open the window of my life. Let them see me. <laughs> By the time you get into marriage, even to cook is a challenge. Because you have been living on Indomie. No skill in cooking. So you cook egusi soup. You now have to introduce the soup. Because nobody knows what is before them. Say, so what is this? Is this the soup? Say yes. Is it egusi is inside? No skill. When you will know that there is skill in cookies, when you go to the village and your 
mother cooks the native food that is popular. Like in my own place now, if my grandmother cooks stash and banga soup or stash and ogo for you. In fact, once we are going home, the joy is the stash and there is nothing. They forget whether somebody died or somebody did not die. Are you following what I'm saying? Skill! Skill! In fact, I remember when I was getting married, one of the things my older people were telling me, that, ah, this one that your wife is from Kogi, how will she cook starch? And I said, well, that's one of the sacrifices we have to make for love. <laughs> of course, because this is not her culture. So there is no how she learns it, except she wants to be cooking it daily, that she'll perfect that. But what I'm trying to say is that there's skill to anything you do. There's skill to cooking. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's skill to what you do. There's skill to serving people. I didn't, I didn't go there. But when you go to the... To, 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 as you read about Solomon, the, the, the scripture says when the queen of Sheba saw the way they served Solomon's food and how the, his servants were walking the steps, that was part of why her spirit left her. There was excellence in serving food. Why do you think you pay more when you go to certain restaurants to eat? Give you handkerchief, they'll give you put fake hair, knife here, this one here, glutter, you'll see somebody serving. When you even go there, they are frying egg, they will put the egg in the fire, they will flip the egg. Ah, even when they flip you, you'll be crafty like wow. Come on, serve this thing. <laughs> are you what I'm saying? I mean you go to some of those ah, sometimes then we go to some of these hotels where I'm preaching. You put them some of these classy hotels. You even wash when they are making the food. You break the egg with skill, turn wine with skill, everything. I go to some other hotel. They will first walk up. They will bring water. They will go back. Another girl will come. Bring cup. <laughs> go back. Another one will come. You are that for Indomie and Friday. They will not first make mistake. They bring Friday. I say, oh, you know, like zero skill. And they wonder why a room. <laughs> I wonder why a room there is nine five. And why you are paying 90000 in another room? What you are paying 90000 for is that egg that they are flipping. Is, is that, that... Are you following what I'm saying? It's the same thing with your business. How is your business place set? As I tell some of you who have children, when you have children, train them. It's not when customer is coming. That's when two children are fighting. So the customer has to shout above your children's noise. I want it. You are said even you are not telling the customer to help you to hold one of the child. Say, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and he came to buy something from you. So he's not separating fight first. So the next time when the mind comes to buy anything, you have zero skill. Tomorrow you won't let Pastor rest to prayers. I'm teaching you this one so I can have freedom. Glory to God. So <laughs> glory to God. Number eight, surround yourself with people who have who have appreciation for skill. Don't surround yourself with people who don't have appreciation for skill. People will say, you, eat, you are reading too much. You are studying too much. Ah, we can't see you anymore. Why, why are we not seeing you? Praise God. Number nine, you can become skillful in any field. Whatever you're doing, you can become skillful in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you realize that even in ushering people, they pay some people to do ushering. See how they are smiling. See how they are sending you to your seat. Are you following what I'm saying? Event managers to decorate certain events, you would want to Photoshop yourself into it. Some people finish decorating an event, you don't know whether where the bridegroom and the groom are going to stay is a shrine. It looks it's traditional marriage, but it's almost like a shrine. Red cloth wrapped around poles, yellow, gold, flower. You're like, ah, is that a shrine? 
Say, no, that's the groom corner. What kind of corner is that? Then in your bio, say, events planner. <laughs> no, you're a shrine designer. <laughs> Number 10, no one can become skillful for you. Glory to God. Nobody can become skillful for you. Skillfulness is not transferable. You have to make up your mind to become skillful. Are you blessed this morning? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. And I pray, Father God, for everyone here. There will be a new level of grace and skills imparted upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.